John Stom. I'm Danny Gula. I'm Jeff McCullough. And this is the podcast where we talk about the past and the present and the future. There's three guys, there's three periods of time, and we've each brought a little something to talk about relating to each one of those periods of time. Now, I always mess up how to explain <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, I'm waiting to hear how this <laughs> Keep going. Okay, so tonight, I'm talking about the past, and you guys don't know what I'm going to talk about. I have no idea what you're going to talk Danny's about. Danny's going to talk about the present. Yep. I don't know what he's talking about. And Jeff's talking about the future. That's what keeps it random and fun. And exciting. That's yeah, it. that's good. That was very concise. Thanks. Good job. Good hey, job. thanks. This is me clapping for John. You know, after like what it was, sixteen episodes or something, I think I finally got it. I think close to twenty. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Now really? that being said, we should we have to speak to the fact that we have not posted a podcast in a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those of you who listen, you know why. If you're new to this or you have missed a bunch of them, uh, let's just say we've been in development of mm. a new direction for Randomonium as a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And that's affecting the podcast. Yes, because uh, the time at which we'd normally report, record this podcast, we are uh, spending that time, you know, meeting, developing, and doing everything it takes to completely shift a company. That sounds very um, businessy, but yeah. it's actually a lot of fun coming down the road. A lot yeah. of cool stuff that's, we're like, Really excited to announce and talk about, but we just can't yet. Yeah. We can't yet. And we can give a little tease. So we just we just introed this podcast as the Randomonium Podcast. That is probably mm. going to be changing in the near future. The, the name of it. The, the podcast name is it. still ch- staying in the format. Thanks for clarifying. But the name will change. I will I will continually stumble through explaining the format of this <laughs> podcast forever and ever. Yeah. But we are changing the name of it to make it a little more uh, accurate. Sure. Specific? No, I don't know. Because we want to. The name is going to be better. Yeah. Okay. Well, for now, unless you guys have anything else to say. No. Let's... We're going to the past. Welcome to the past. Oh, this is uh, my past voice. You're okay. In the mid-Atlantic accent. Yes. Back in the 1930s, there was really no reason for that accent. I just wanted to make it sound like the past. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So you guys uh, listening, you guys know that um, maybe some of you don't know that the three of us played in a band for many years. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Um, yeah. So including Joey, uh, also from Vat 19. Uh, we played in a band called Reading, and we played, um, you know, shows. We recorded in an album. Like, yeah. that's we not what I want to talk about. Ton of shows. That's a whole. You don't want to talk about the. Band? I don't want to talk about the band. I just okay. want to set this up because I want. I wanted to let people know that we're all musicians, but I'm a drummer. That was the. That's where I was going with that. Okay. 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 So one thing I've always wondered as a drummer is m- the cymbals that I use on my drum set are made by a company called Zildjian. 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 Supposedly a really old company too. And you're on to where I'm going. So I've always wondered, because I thought I had heard one time that Zildjian was the oldest company still in operation. Like of all companies? Yeah. Ever? That's what I heard. I've heard that, I think something like that too, because I want to say like they're from the Middle East and they've been around for like hundreds of years. Well, that is true, but they're not the oldest company still in operation. And that's what sent me down this rabbit hole of talking about the oldest companies still in operation. I I bet I know what it is. Oh, no, you don't. I don't know. It's not a firearm company. Well, you're, that's one of them. Can We're, you not try to ruin John's segment? Yeah, no Just spoilers, let him talk. bro. Sorry, I like history. We're going to go through a list. We're going to go back in time, starting with the most recent of these old companies still in operation, okay. and going further and further back. I like Cool. This. Can I do like the listicle voice from YouTube? Like, yeah. number 10. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> number <laughs> 9. I actually don't know how many there are, but yeah, go ahead and just start there. It's probably no- somewhere around 8. Number 8. The number eight, maybe. Uh, oldest company still in operation. No. Uh, this one, I, I'm going to mispronounce this. I should have looked up how to pronounce this. I just realized. Maybe I could. Maybe we could do a pause and I could look up how to pronounce it. That's fine. Maybe no, you guys will know. No, you need to wing this. Okay, we're going to wing everybody. it and we're going to offend some people because they're going to be like, oh, come on. We're not British. We're Americans. But the British people are going to correct me. Founded in 1706, Twinnings Tea. 
or twinings tea. Oh, I've had their tea. It's one N, so I think maybe twinings? Twinings tea. What's interesting about them is, uh, you know what Coke is to America? It's kind of like part of our culture. It's part of our, like, whatever. Our heritage. Our heritage. It's like it's part of being an American is Mm Coca-Cola. Well, that's kind of like how one person described twinnings tea to England. It's like, it's such a part of them that, you know, Hmm. it might as well just, if you're British, you drink this tea. Interesting. Um, What's also interesting, they've had the same address since they opened in 1706. They haven't, wow. or at least their headquarters. I don't know if they have other places, but um, they've been in the same place. It's the oldest corporate logo still in use. Huh. Wow. How old is the logo? It's just kind of basic, but it's just sort of like a, I think it's a serif font that's it, just sort of like. And now, I wonder if this is the same British tea that was thrown into the harbor in Boston. Mm. <clears throat> could have been. If it was founded in 1706, yeah. our, our boys over in, in, in Baston could Boston. have been thrown that overboard. Hey, let's now, go to the harbor and throw some. Twinnings tea in hey, the habit. Hey, where'd you pack the cat? <laughs> anyway, keep going. All right, give me a number seven. Number seven. We're going to be really off by the time we get to the bottom <laughs> of this like, list. Number 0.5. <laughs> I don't know how many are on this list. I didn't number it. Founded in 1670, Hudson's Bay Company in Toronto, Canada. Hudson's Bay, Hudson's yeah. Bay. So it's one of those companies that like, I think I know what, what that is. Hudson's is. Bay? Is it it's, clothing? It's a department store retailer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. We don't have any around here, but I know I've seen it. Maybe in New York or something. I feel like... that they, they sell Hudson's Bay at like Dillard's yeah. or Pennies or something. They Coles probably have their own clothes that they sell in other yeah. places. I think I've seen it. Number six. Number six. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Founded in 1638. This one is going to get cringy. Shirley Plantation in Charles City, Virginia. Now, when you say plantation, yeah, these are all oldest companies still in operation. This is the oldest company in the United States, and you can tell by the word plantation what happened there. They owned slaves until abolition. Now, did every plantation own slaves? I don't know about all of them, but this one is that a requirement for a plantation? So, I know there's some plantations in Missouri near us. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, this one, Shirley Plantation, is in Virginia. What's really cool is that they, uh, it's been owned, uh, it's been family operated for 11 generations and the family moved in six years after Jamestown. So after the oh, Jamestown wow. settlement, six years later, they started, wow, they started this planet and it's been going ever since. Huh. That's kind of crazy. So what do they crazy. do now? Uh, I think it's just like a tourist thing and okay. they might have like a, a restaurant. I don't know. I think it's just not a big business, but I think sure. it's, yeah. All right. Moving on to number number five. <laughs> We're going to run out. (laughs) Founded in 1623, Zildjian in Istanbul, Turkey. Nice. So squarely in the middle of my list here, founded in the Ottoman Empire, which sounds crazy. Like just just saying any empire sounds like a million years ago. Ottoman Empire was around for a long time. It was. Those were some bad dudes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of empires were bad dudes. They're just, the whole thing was like conquering Mm -hmm. people and enslaving people. Have you ever seen Star Wars? Hey, yeah. The Empire. Founded in the Ottoman Empire, and then they moved to America. Um, but uh, it's, Zildjian's probably the most popular symbols um, for drummers. Yeah. And um, there's all sorts of cool stuff they do. Um, they've got a million different kinds of symbols. I don't know, it's a really cool company. Like, the hand-hammered ones where there's dudes that will... Like, everything seems like machine-made these days. But these are, like... They make them, and then some guy will, like, hand-hammer them. So they have, like some differences in their sound qualities and stuff like that. Yeah, and they like bury them in clay and stuff. They do all sorts of cool stuff. All right, can I have a number four, please? Danny, you want to try? Number four. That's good. I liked it. Thank you. Founded in 1526. We're getting pretty pretty far back there. 1526. Here's yours. Beretta in Gardone, Italy. Interesting thing about Beretta. Same family owns it. Yeah, family run for 400 Mm. years. Yeah. Same hmm. family. And you know why they were, uh, like, what made them so successful in Gardone, Italy? Do you know anything about that geographic area? Because I don't. I didn't. No. Um, that's, that city is right near Iron Rich Mountains. Oh. So that was back in the 1500s? Yeah. When were guns invented? I know they came from China, from what I understand. Oh, guns are really old. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Guns in China are like... I, I don't know. I mean, you, you look at the net. Hang on. We can. We can I was, I was just thinking like that's I, I would imagine that's somewhat close to the inception of, you know, uh, yeah. mass production of firearms. Because Christopher Columbus showed up with guns, right? In 1492. Mm, yes. So okay. that was just a little bit before this. Um, I don't know when guns were invented. We're about to find out because um, Danny is on the Google machine. Mm. He's cranking up the Google history. He's warming um, up, booting it up. Hand, this is a picture of a hand cannon from the Chinese Yuan Dynasty in uh, 1271. Okay. Yeah. So within. Um. So like 12. They they were first 
invented, they think, around 1250. Dang. Well, moving on to number four. I think we already said number four. Number three. There it is. We're all we're already off. I can see the bottom of the list and we're off, but it's, <laughs> it's funny. Founded in 900, Sean's Bar in <laughs> Athlone, Ireland. Wait, what? <laughs> Does that oh, not sound like it was like founded in 1998? Hey, hang on. Before we go any further, we got to say like, oh, it's it's Italians making fire, like beautiful Italian firearms. You think of like the, the, yeah. the hunting and the mafia and all the things that we know firearms for in yeah. Italians. And then you've got the British with their tea yeah. and the Turks with these gorgeous symbols and the Irish with a bar. <laughs> hey, you want to go to Sean's bar tonight? <laughs> Okay, nine hundred. Hang on, the, in that's, Ireland. That's pre Middle Ages. The year nine hundred. Yeah, the year nine hundred. That's pre Middle so Ages. So this is like right after the Vikings come over. I guess so. Interesting. That's really early. Um, they've. I'm sure they've done some like repairs and stuff. But the this says that the excavation that they've done um, for whatever in certain parts of it has revealed that there are coins and mugs. Buried there, uh, they've been there for centuries. Centuries. So I, I might have heard this. I want to say that it's an actual Viking mm. establishment. That might be. That might be true. Because yeah, I mean, the first king of the actual king of England was Athelstan, and that was in like 800 or 850 or something like that. So we're talking within like 50 years. Mm-hmm. But once the Norsemen came over, I want to say that I just read an article that was talking about how they found a Viking bar, essentially. I wonder if that's the same one. It might be. Yeah. Sean's bar. Sean's bar. If I ever return to the motherland, my mom's motherland. Poland? No, my mom's Irish. My dad's Polish. Okay. Uh, I I want to check that place out. That would definitely be a a place on my list to go. All right. Last but not least, we're just going to skip over number two. (laughs) Number Number two. two. Number number one. Yep. Here it is. Founded in the year 705. Which is that's real far that's back. That's real there. old. I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation. It's in Japan, Nishiyama Onsen. That's all I'm gonna say. It's in a city in Japan. It's a hot spring and hotel. Oh yeah, hmm. I could get into that. Thank it's you. been family run for 52 generations. That's unbelievable. That's a lot of generations. That's so crazy. I just got to read this part too. This is straight from this article that I'm pulling all this from. This is just well said. There are even some staff whose families have held the same post for generations, passing it from parent to child to grandchild. All the same, the staff are committed and courteous, earning wages for themselves and their families. They put their all in, into offering a spirit of service that stems from a shared desire to protect the inn. Wow. So, like, it's this whole, like... It's becoming yeah, a staff. family culture. It's like an you, institution. Yeah, like, you. my grandpa was a bellhop here, so that's just so what So, I'm I a bellhop. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, the, they're, like, a big honor society, yeah, so that would make sense. Like, yeah, sure. if your family was part of this thing that's lasted that mm-hmm. long, I would see, like... I mean, I'm not even part of a Japanese society. I'd be into that. I'd be like, yeah, look, we've done this forever. Like, yeah. I'm doing it. I know yeah. what I'm doing when I grow up. Yeah. yeah. Hot Spring Hotel. Yeah, huh. I could get into that. That'd be cool. Fascinating. Anyway, hey, fascinating topic. Thanks. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a fun little history mm-hmm. lesson. You guys want to go to Sean's bar? Sure. Make a trip, guys trip to Sean's bar? Let's commit to it right now. We're okay. going. At some point in our life, we're going on a guys trip to Sean's bar. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're serious. Huh? Are you serious? I've always wanted to go to Ireland, really? Scotland, England, always, and I've never gone. When our sons are all 21. I well, I guess... bringing them. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, you only got the one. <laughs> I've got two sons, Danny. Oh, yeah, you've got the two. You got the... Oh, you've got that new one that screams a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's not new. He's two and a half. Is that new? And the screaming is kind I've of I've lost too. count of your kids. All right. I think we should go to the present because yeah, Danny's stuck in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so let's fast forward to the present. All right. Okay, millennials. Mm, I see what you did there. <clears throat> you you um, took Okay Boomer and you flipped it. Yeah, because I want to talk a little about a little bit about Okay Boomer. I knew that was going to be one of our podcasts. <laughs> it's podcast. not in the way that you think, though. Okay. This is. I think. I think you're going to like this. I got a little game for y'all. Ooh, I like games. You know, I like games. Um, so yeah, Okay Boomer is kind of a, a, a big thing right now. It's it's a meme. It's it's becoming a cultural thing with millennials and Gen Zs, and you know. 
some people think it's hilarious, some people think it's poignant, some people hate it, you know, depending on which end of OK Boomer you're on. But um, there's been this idea of like boomers kind of complaining about millennials and then now boomers complaining about Gen Z's. That but they don't call them Gen Z's. They just think anybody younger than them is a millennial. So yeah. Even if they're Gen Z's, yeah, they, they just think they're millennials. Um, but, and I've always heard this and I'd seen a little bit of evidence that like the things that boomers complain about the young people of this generation isn't there. It's nothing unique to our generations, really. It's um, it's been around forever. So um, I have a little game for you that I call okay, boomer or millennial, but it actually could be any generation. It's not just boomers or millennials. Okay, it's just, that was okay. A, it's just too big. So I'm gonna give you a quote. Somebody complaining about a younger generation, and you have to tell me which generation they're complaining about. Okay. They are so pampered that they have forgotten that there was such a thing as walking. Maybe they're thinking of like hoverboards and like weird modes yeah. of transportation or... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think uh, I think a, an older generation prided themselves walking to school uphill both ways Yeah, type of thing. So that's probably okay millennial. Oh, wait, no. They're compl- you think they're complaining about millennials? Complaining about millennials. Yeah, I would, I would say so too. That's actually a complaint about the boomers. That the greatest generation had about the boomers. It was oh, in, it was, I see how this works. Yeah, I thought so, it was always boomers complaining about either millennials or Gen Z. No, no, you're. Uh, yeah, sorry. So this is the greatest generation complaining. Th- this about is the, the greatest generation complaining about the boomers. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense because I mean, the, uh, there's a lot of people in the greatest generation. Some of them might have grown up without cars. Yeah. Like when they were younger. In the in the article, actually went even further. Like it was complaining about how they would just take the bus everywhere. Like. <laughs> They're complaining that people would take buses instead of walking places. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, which is... It, it, was, it was really great. Um, it's all relative. It's all relative. Um, their attitude is thoughtless, rude, and utterly selfish. That sounds like Gen X. Thoughtless, rude, and utterly selfish? Well, uh, I, I, not the selfish part. Yeah, I don't know. See, the thing that's... that sounds like Gen Z. I'm thinking like maybe, maybe with the social media and the selfies, and they're thinking like this is all they're all about themselves. I don't know, man. The thing that's tricky about the boomers is that there were some like the boomers. There's technically two types of boomers. There's like the straight laced successful business boomers, and then you got like the hippie boomers. Well, see now, now you're actually kind of mixing things though, because a lot of these straight laced successful boomers that we think of now actually were hippies. Um, that's a big thing about corporate America now. A lot of the culture of corporate America came from the hippie yeah, movement. Yeah, but not everybody that was a boomer was a hippie. Right. So um, that's the thing that's tricky about it because and, there were some rebellious and some not rebellious. And boomers. boomer is a huge stretch. It is a gigantic there's a, stretch. There's a huge chunk of people that are considered boomers. I, I would say that that would be about the boomers because the hippies were considered really disrespectful and kind of anti-establishment. Okay. I said Gen Z. That's actually a complaint about the greatest generation by whoever preceded them. I don't know what their generation was called. What? That's a complaint about... That was written in 1925 in the Hull Daily Mail. (laughs) Oh, man. So, like, think about that for a second. Like, we complain so much about, you know, or there's so much complaining about new generations and what they do and how they act. Like, even, like, this generation that, you know we all view as iconic and like everyone's striving to recreate the economy of that generation and and everything they did they fought they lived through the depression you know the world war ii and they they were apparently thoughtless rude and utterly selfish when they were younger in the 20s okay Uh, they insist that they are right despite the overwhelming proof that suggests that they are not (laughs) i think that's a complaint about the millennials okay millennials john I could see that. I'll agree with that. You're both right. That was in Vanity Fair. Um, somebody complaining about the millennials. That sounds like us. Yeah. Yeah, sure. No, I'll, 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 I'll give him that one. Because <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We're all, all right. Yeah. They want to avoid low-level jobs that aren't keeping the, them intellectually challenged. That sounds like a millennial. It sounds like a complaint about millennials. Talking yeah. about a millennial. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the Financial Times complaining about Generation X. Hmm. Uh, it's it's a little harder to. It's interesting because like all the all the older ones are all in print, but there's a lot I've found of Gen X where like you would think they were just reading about millennials. I remember seeing this a few years ago when like we hadn't even heard about Gen Z yet, and people were really 
there was a ton of fire about Gen, uh, or about millennials because it was kind of, you know, just coming out of the recession and dealing with all that nonsense. But yeah, the um, greatest generation had a lot to complain about Gen X. Hmm. Or sorry, yeah. not the, great, uh, the, the boomers had a lot to complain about Gen X. Right, right. <clears throat> all right, here's another one. Is it just me or are student competencies like basic writing skills in serious peril today? Teachers have been reporting anecdotally that even compared to five years ago, many are seeing declines in vocabulary, grammar, writing, and analysis. This is easy. This is all about Gen Z. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Man, I, I, that one's tough because I feel like that that one, more than all of them, could be said about every single generation. If you go back to like the 30s, the, the typical... Anything you read is like the vocabulary is so much more advanced. Than yeah, but I, I think where I'm coming from is just from an educational standpoint, like greatest generation, most of them barely even graduated high school. So there's not like a high esteem to the educational system and like mm-hmm. what's expected out of people. Um, I think like the education system, as far as institutions are concerned, it being widespread societally, not just people with money, but mm-hmm. like anybody can go to school was probably... Yeah, it was boomers mm-hmm. and Gen Xers. Um, so I, I would almost wonder if like boomers and Gen Xers feel that they uh, they lived at the height of like university mm-hmm. expectations, and now you know anybody, just anybody can go to school, and the expectations of what's expected is just lower and lower. Mm-hmm. I don't. know, That's why I'm thinking. Sure. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Totally makes sense. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say boomers. Boomers. Uh, that is a complaint about Gen Z. Hmm. Uh, now, it should be, uh, I should note at this point, and I don't have the article on me, but a lot of these I got from an article that is just flat out comparing, like, oh no, this has always been a thing. Sure. And um, and so for every quote about Gen Z or millennials, you could apply it. They had a quote, yeah, about another, they had a matching quote about a different generation. And some of them even went back to, I, I didn't put them in this article cause, or in this bit because I didn't know what to call those generations, but one of them even went back to like the year seven. <laughs> like it was first century like yeah or no sorry no it was it was bc actually it was like there was one that was even quote like a quote from some greek guy mm-hmm. like and it was i was like oh that's jesus's generation what did they call themselves <laughs> <laughs> was the, Je- the ce's and the bc's yeah. <laughs> all right uh, what really distinguishes this generation from those before it is that it's the first generation in american history to live so well and complain so bitterly about it you want to go or you want me to go? I got one. Gen X. I think it's about Gen X. That's a tough one to me because I would have said it would be about the boomers because of all the hippie movement and everything. But it is. It's about Gen X. You guys are totally right on board there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the 80s, man. The 80s were prosperous. Yeah. But the generations still had to, you know, rebel and complain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A f- this one gets very specific. A few 35-year-olds just now are leaving their parents' nest. Many friends are, uh, many of them are just getting married or having babies for the first time. They finally aren't switching occupations because they have finally landed a meaningful career. They are, uh, they are finally doing things that we used to expect as a society from 25-year-olds. I got it. Yeah, this is easy. Millennials. Totally millennials. It couldn't be Gen Zers because they're not old enough right. yet. And that sounds like every complaint you ever hear about millennials. Boomers. That was the greatest generation complaining about boomers in the boomers Wall Street Journal. Boomers were living Journal. with their parents until they were 35? I mean, it's a it's a broad, you know, it's a huge age, a huge span of people, you right, know. Right, that's true. But, you know, a lot of them did go to college and stuff. But, yeah, they were complaining about boomers for some reason. That's really bizarre. That is bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I figure a lot of boomers were getting married when they were, like, 20. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe that kind of makes sense like the whole like you could kind of think like that the 80s that extended adolescence like if you think about what we think about the 80s when everybody's doing like cocaine and and the the Wall Street guys with the big shoulder pads like really just kind of living it up you know doing that thing like I could see them kind of feeling like what's going on with these uh, quote unquote adults just out there living their life mm-hmm. like it used to be like when you got young you're, when you got it as an adult you start your family you start your job but then like I think some of those people in the 80s were the first people just kind of like living their life as adults without bothering with kids yet yeah well i i think like i was saying generations before that you had to grow up really quick like you had to pull your weight right away even prior to like the depression you have people living on farms and stuff like that i mean you're helping Mm -hmm. out in the fields when you're nine right Mm -hmm. so you're pulling your weight but when when your dad's a coal miner and he's you know bringing home the money i guess those boomers were provided for so they they didn't have to pull their weight quite as much yeah I could also see it being those boomers that were hippies, you know, like, and they probably just sort of like 
living a little more liberally than sure. previous inter- generations and letting their um, like responsibilities kind of be pushed off till they were free, man. Yeah, right. Just being free. <laughs> All right. Whether it's jobs, property, or just sheer towering and fairness of the world, their complaints are everywhere, ready to give you a rundown of everything their generation has been stepped on. Everything of their generation that has been stepped on. Mm, again, I mean, Gen X, they're known to be a pretty complaining generation, so I lean toward Gen Xers. I, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. That's about us. That's about the millennials. Hmm. And that, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, to us, like we we were the generation that graduated in the middle of the Great Recession, and I think a lot of us do have some complaints about, you know, what, you know, the how the world was handed to us. Like, we went into adulthood, you know, with a hot mess. Essentially, <laughs> like, how do we handle this? We don't know. Interestingly enough, millennials talk about how. You know, we got handed a bill of goods, Great Recession of 2008, which was a bad recession. And yet I was reading an article today that said that this decade is the first decade in American history where we did not experience a recession of any sort. So, I mean, technically recessions are kind of the ebb and flow of um, of American you know, financial society, if you will. Yeah. So um, I think, but millennials, they, they've got a, uh, a little bit more of a complaint against what people just blindly accept. And I think we're, we're the ones that we're saying like, we're, we're not going to just take your word for it. Right. You know, there's, there's enough scientific like enlightenment and data out there to show that, you know, whether it's, you know, climate change or, um, issues regarding how people are treated in society and and some of those things that they they were the ones that were willing to speak up and be like this shouldn't be happening anymore yeah um, even though it was happening in previous generations so but that's the thing like one man's complaint the like the the, the older generation calling that a complaint I think to the millennials is saying we're not complaining we're just calling it how it is yeah, yeah. and expecting that we have the dignity as the human race to do something about it. Yeah, it's like, hey, we we need to move forward from this. Right. Yeah. We need to move on. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think yeah. that's I think that's a fair complaint. Yeah. Cause I mean, even if you compare the millennials to the hippies, the hippies, in my opinion, were like, I I understand why they were all about, you know, free love and, you know, anti government and all this other stuff. Cause the American government was messed up right. in the nineteen sixties. Yeah. The Vietnam War oh. is an awful atrocity of humanity it's unbelievable what the americans uh the american government did in keeping us in that war so they had every right to be upset but that was like a straight up rebellion like we are not going to participate in this and and a a segment of us are actually going to protest this we're just we're going to scream at the top of our lungs i don't feel like millennials have taken that approach they're not rebelling because they they feel that there's nothing else to do. I feel like millennials have been trying to apply themselves in ways that are actually going to make a difference. That's the difference between the hippies. The hippies, they were just like, let's go smoke weed and listen to music and mm-hmm. disobey escape. our parents. Yeah. Yeah, or of an escape. escape rather than a... Whereas millennials are like, no, activist. we want to do something about climate yeah, change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the, the hippies kind of saw, like, we're going to change the world through a new kind of world. Like, there was this, like, ideal to go to these communes and just kind of, like, close off and tr- start anew. Or just a protest. Yeah. Millennials, and, I don't feel like millennials really care to protest. Yeah. Millennials, I mean, they will. They want to find a solution. Like, yeah. like, figure out a better way to do this. And I think they do it very well, too. I think there's been a... I, I think, finally, as we are getting older and we're becoming more of the people that control larger sections of, of our society, I think you're starting to see, like, hey, like these are some of the results of this. You you know, Facebook was founded by a millennial. Mm-hmm. like, And it's, you know, one of the biggest things we've ever seen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Those those are all. There's tons more. It's actually it's it's a really fascinating thing. It's hard to kind of search for right now because um, it, I because I know I've seen some of these articles and, and things like that before. And there's so much like when you look for stuff like this, it is just people commenting on the OK Boomer mm-hmm. stuff right now. Like oh, people are boomers are complaining about this, but uh, when you dig in and you find this, like it really is true that um, complaints about millennials and Gen Zs are really useless. And like that's why I think the OK Boomer thing is such a perfect response to them saying that like 
first of all, like if any time a boomer is complaining about you, you can just kind of be like, okay, boomer, because they don't really understand that they lived in a different world than us. Like it's real, the world is a different place, but two, like it's not a lot of their complaints on us or the generations after us, the Gen Z people, it's, it's, it's not really that valid as a, it's, it's not fair to be an attack on our generation. It's just young people are arrogant. I'm going to take a counterpoint. Really? If I may. <laughs> yeah. You know what really annoys me about the dialogue lately? Yeah. Is the dismissiveness. And in the same way that I feel like boomers try to dismiss millennials. They're so irresponsible. They've got it so good and they don't realize it. And there's this constant like dismissiveness. I actually think, okay, boomer is is the pot calling the kettle black and just trying to be dismissive back and i think what we need in our social dialogue is actually listen to each other and i know i sound like a host of the view right now and the <laughs> audience should be applauding but but Yay. i'm serious like the okay boomer thing i don't like it and it's not because it offends me because i'm not a boomer i mean i'm yeah. pretty much we'll call me a millennial because i'm close enough um but like why do we need to dismiss the older people even if we think they don't have valid points like let's just listen to them and hear what their concerns are as opposed to basically do to them what they're doing to us and that is just dismissing yeah. so well, i think it's easy to dismiss them because you're um like a lot of times the things that people are okay boomering is just like it's not valid it's just like it's they're saying something that's unfair and it's judgmental you know it's just like hey like, yeah, but I, I mean, it's, it, those are unwritten rules. I've, I mean, I, I also think that I've heard OK Boomer, you know, stated just about kind of making fun sure, of Sure, yeah. And that's Just like, oh, you don't understand a phone? OK Boomer, like that kind of stuff. And to be honest with you, I think there's something to be said for other cultures that aren't American, that rather than putting people on a shelf and giving them a shelf life and being like, well, after a certain age, you're irrelevant. Yeah. There are many cultures that the older you get, the more wise you are, sure. and the more you should be listened to, and they have valued experience perspective. So... I actually think that we should listen to each other. So I, the OK Boomer thing, I think people need to knock it off. Yeah. Something else, just one quick other point to think about is like, it's interesting that we get so like zoomed in, like hyper-focused on generations when like, if you think about it, like we're only talking about the span of like 50 years or 60 yeah. years or whatever. And we're talking about all these generations, greatest generation, boomers, gener Gen X, millennials, Zennials, yeah, right. millennials, Gen Z, like all these people are in like the course of like 50 or 60 years. Like if you think about it, if you zoom out a little bit and look at all of time, like none of us would really, if you just, I mean, this is maybe just generalizing, but like if you look back at like the 1400s, do you really think you'd be able to tell any of us would be able to tell the difference. Even a like a um, a person who's really studying cultures would really be able to tell the difference between someone who was born in 1442 and someone who's born in 1464. No, but I do think the world is significantly different now. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like so much has changed in such a short amount of time. You go back to the 1400s, nothing changed that whole century. Like nothing. I don't know. Changed. See, I think that's like maybe relative too. Yeah. I think like it seems like everything's moving. I mean, things are moving very fast now, but like yeah. I think that could have been relative then too. Like things could have been moving just as fast for them. I just think so much fashion, um, the world changing, like you know, all sorts of the new leaders. They discover a whole half of the planet they didn't know existed. I mean, that, <laughs> that happened once. That wasn't like they kept <laughs> discovering new halves of the planet. Right. But <laughs> get them multiple halves. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I'm just saying, like it's it, it's. I think we should be careful not to be like, oh, this is. You know, this is when it's happened. This is the first time in history that we have like clear generations every eight years or whatever. It's never happened before. Everybody before us has been all kind of the same. They're all just yeah. old people. I'm I'm with Jeff. I could see it actually speeding up. I could yeah. see us starting to separate generations by even smaller. What I'm segments. saying is, fast forward 300 years from now, and you think people looking back on this time would be able to say, "Oh, that was a Gen Xer because he was born in the 70s, and that was a millennial because well, he was born in the 90s." I don't, I don't look at people in in those segments. I think the people 300 years from now will be very aware of the previous couple generations and the next couple generations coming up. I think that where you are, that's, what I, that's all I'm saying. You're yeah. conscious. To yeah. It matters to when it's all relative. Like when you're right. whatever it, you're yeah. in, you understand people that are older than you and people that are younger than you. But like on the grand scheme of things, we're all kind of the same. Like yeah. it's like you're saying, Your it's point. all young people. Yeah. Young people make the same mistakes. They yeah. have for centuries. Yeah. Uh, old people think young people are stupid. They have forever. Yeah. Like it's just, I just think it's unfair to, to expect a young uh, the expect people now to do things the way you did it and that's that's sure. the problem it's just like if you just act like us 
you'll yeah. be like you'd be better. You just can't you can't avoid that though. Yeah. Like, I think that you take that even to like just a personal. Sure. Level. Yeah. Like I'm I'm gonna do that to my kids no matter what because what my experience was as a kid I'm always going to impose that on my kids. Yeah. yeah I think your your whole article proves that yeah. you're kind of fighting it's, it's, an impossible battle. Yeah, I know yeah. I know it is, but like I feel like like can't we can't we learn from history? Can't we see that like hey this is how it's been done? Like now that we see that this is a repeating thing. Let's quit fighting a land war in Russia, yeah. you know? So all of the previous generations had to deal with, like, major global issues that could end the world, but they haven't. But what if my future segment actually could end the world? Oh, no. Don't take us there again. We've got to go to dystopia. <laughs> yes. We're doing it. On to the future. All right, so here we are in the future. Yeah, feels different. It looks similar. Yeah. Is it possible, if we're going to talk about, you know, we, we just had a conversation about all these generations and how the world has changed and it's evolved, and that, um, you know, these terrible things cause real problems. Financial crises. Yeah. The Depression. Um, you know, totalitarianism trying to take over uh, Europe and Nazis and all this other stuff. Yeah. Okay? And you got the Vietnam War and all these like terrible, like just horrible humanity not at its finest. Yeah. Is it possible that what will finally bring us down are all of our good intentions and frivolity and desires to have fun? Mm. That maybe that is what's going to do us in. Oh. That, that's going to actually end people? That's going to put humanity in a... In a potentially dystopian place. You're talking like living my best life kills us all. Sort of. Go with me on this. Is it possible, I've, I've written this out, that memes and viral videos <laughs> could cause the end of the world? Ooh. You know how I make my living, right, Jeff? You might be a contributor to the singularity. Ooh. Danny Gula. Hang on, the singularity? It was your fault. <laughs> I, you're going to have to explain yourself if you're going to claim I'm contributing to Is the singularity. Is it possible that dystopia could be caused by something that we laugh at every day? Hmm. Millions of people. What I'm I know what you're trying to get. I was going to have a quip and say, you mean the president? <laughs> no. Although he's used in this from time to time. Is it possible that this this dystopian future that we all fear could potentially be brought on by wait for it deep fakes oh, oh yes. yes i'm yes. glad we're talking about 100 yes okay i've been wanting to talk about deep fakes. so oh my goodness for anybody listening that doesn't know what deep fake is you probably do if you've ever scrolled through any feed on youtube because they're constantly being suggested this is when steve bashimi's face is imposed <laughs> on jennifer lawrence during an oscars speech and it's really <laughs> freaky or it's when... Because um, it's convincing. Yeah, Jordan Peele. Is that his name, Jordan Peele? Yep, Jordan When Jordan Peele is like talking in his Obama voice, but they put it on Obama's face mm -hmm. and it looks like Obama's saying it. Mm -hmm. So what essentially what this is, is it's... Um, I mean, and they can even do it now where they make modulations of that person's voice and just make them right. say something new without any recording. Yeah, so um, people in the academic community in, in leading edge uh, universities like um, University of Washington or MIT like these are people like studying to try to figure out ways to build algorithms mm -hmm. to um, allow you to take a video and essentially Photoshop a video, mm -hmm. and we've known about Photoshop for like Photoshop is sure. now a verb. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was a it was a computer program that turned into a verb. Mm -hmm. Right, and that anytime you see a, a picture now, and it looks unbelievable, the first thing you ask is, is that photoshopped? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, it becomes a lot more difficult when you're talking about videos because you can actually have world leaders, celebrities, people like that. One of the main ones that goes around that's got a lot of, um, I guess, viral quality to it is um, Bill Hader. Mm -hmm. doing impersonations of Tom Arnold Cruise, Schwarzenegger, yeah. Tom Cruise, yeah. and they put their faces on it, and it's weird. It's uh, incredible. You might have also seen um, Nick Cage's face all over. Any, like They've done entire scenes of Avenger movies where every Avenger has Nicolas Cage's mm -hmm. face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's freaky. They it's can match the face. Weird. They can match the voice. Yep. 
problem is once you get past the memes, this is really dangerous stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. There's oh, yeah. I'm I, I've been I've heard there are whole like wings of different organizations of the government that are basically in charge right now of coming up with ways to determine when things are deep faked. Yeah, I listened to a whole podcast um, and there was an interview with a guy who is essentially like a detective, a digital detective who um, talked about this specific problem. Like his whole job is looking, it has been in the past looking at images and determining if they're they're photoshopped or not. So like you just said, um, he would like look at, a lot of times he would say they would look at images from uh, North Korea that, that the North Korean government would put out and determine if like oh no they really don't have 18 tanks in this photo that they had a tank and then they they clone stamped it right you know they they, they, <laughs> they copied it yeah. essentially and they, they duplicated it um to make it look like they had a bigger army than they did that's that's a very common thing that 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 government does so he he looks at things like that um and now he's saying like his job is so is so tedious it's so slow that it's going to be it's gonna get. It's gonna slip away from us. Where we, the deep fake technology is gonna be so quick and easy, and it's, it's close to being there, um, and we won't be able to. At at this rate, we can't keep up with detecting a fake. Right. There is a a culture on the dark web, and all they're doing is trying to perfect deep fakes. Yeah. In order to make it more difficult to detect. Yeah. Well, the bigger problem too isn't the deep fake and then determining if we'll be able to find out if it's real cuz like I'm sure if like you will like be like it'll get like something will come out and then eventually they'll be like oh no that was fake. Well, the problem is how fast yeah, say it's how fast the world Think goes about like, right now. If someone just think about it could all be over right now. Like the world could be over with a deep fake right now. Let's say someone hacks Donald Trump's Twitter mm-hmm. with a really good deep fake that says he's really mad about something and he says we are launching the new like he's on his own press conference we're launching the nukes. They're on their way. Like something like that. Yep. Uh, let's imagine some world leaders think that's real yeah mm-hmm. and they're well, I mean, like okay we're launching our nukes they don't have time to run it through a software no. program to figure out if it's a fake yeah like right now they're saying that the easiest way to detect a, t- a deep fake is you zoom in on the eyes and there's really strange blinking patterns hmm. like it doesn't look normal mm-hmm. and there's ways that they can determine that it's just a matter of time before oh, yeah. they figure that out well i mean it, it just comes back to the speed thing because it's just the world moves so fast i don't think it will ever be possible to prevent this problem from happening. But like think about something as it was as low budget and as cheap as whenever you remember when they slowed down Nan- Nancy Pelosi's speech? Mm-hmm. Like yes, she was and speaking they made her something sound drunk. Yeah, they made her sound like she couldn't speak well, like she was like she's just getting too old and slipping. Mm-hmm. And it was like to me like I picked up on that so fast. I was like, yeah, that was obviously slowed down, especially when you compared it to the, the second one. But within, you know, minutes of that going out, the you know the alt right and the and the further right media had just grabbed that latched onto it retweeted it mm-hmm. even didn't the president retweet Probably. that one too like i mean yeah. it, it 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 spiraled it out of control did its damage. It yeah, did what by it was the time to people do. were like no look this was fake and then there was obvious comparisons like even after i remember even after people were like yeah this fake thing happened and this, and we've we've debunked it already. I was still seeing people share that as a look how bad she is right. thing. And so it was just like it's it, we move too quickly. I don't think it is possible to stop that. Now, what I think is going to happen, and I hope that because we know this technology exists, that world leaders, when they see videos, they will be the ones to say, "I'm not reacting to that until I confirm it." I agree with that. And that has been my, it's probably going to be fine kind yeah. of mindset because I do think it's so new. We're kind of freaking out about it. Right. But it will become the new Photoshop. Like, wait a minute, that, 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 that's got to be Photoshopped. Yeah. yeah. Now, whatever the equivalent would be, is like, that's, that's got to be deep fake. Right. right. If you think about it, th- yeah, that is a good way to kind of keep yourself in check from getting too freaked out because whenever Photoshop came out, what, early 90s or whatever, like, I'm sure at the time there were people having the same conversation where they were like, wait a second, now, like forever and ever, we could always rely on a photograph being evidence. Like, y- right. you see a photograph, that means it happened. Photographic evidence. Photographic right. evidence. Like, that means it. But right. now you're saying you can just change a photograph? What are you talking about? There's no more evidence. And now, of course, like, we all live in this world where we're like, you don't trust any photograph. You're like, was it fake or was it real? Like, right, you just yeah. you just built in no to not trust it if it seems 
like mildly if your red flags are kind of going on so i think it's going to be the same thing with video but yeah and and for that reason i'm not totally concerned that it's going to end the world i kind of do that as a playful way to to kind of set the backdrop of this conversation so where i feel like we can take it though is it's still a problem um here here are different ways that it can be problematic um you mentioned the nancy pelosi thing that Mm -hmm. took place a, a year ago or so um this could because it's so fresh this whole deep fake thing it didn't start until about like 2017 and for people who are interested in the history there was actually a specific reddit user whose user handle was deep fake that's where the name comes from interesting who started kind of posting these things um that people are not um keen enough to pick up on it yet so it could impact the 2020 election. Oh, yeah, sure. You yeah. put a candidate out there that not too many people know about, and one person just deep fakes them saying something ridiculous, and then they find themselves all of a sudden falling behind in the polls, yeah. even though they've come out and said, no, that wasn't a real video. Enough people are going to yeah, be sure. so pulling for their candidate, they're yeah. going to still exploit the fact that there's that deep yeah, fake They'll start out sharing there. it real fast. So it could affect the election. Totally. It may not cause the end of the world, but that's a problem. Yep. It could cause a lot of issues on a personal level. CCTV cameras. You could superimpose somebody else's face committing a crime, and they yep. weren't the one doing the crime. Yeah. Um, so, though uh, it might not cause a nuclear winter, it could send someone to prison for life. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the question is, like, should deep fakes be completely outlawed? That's one thing that I was throwing out there. Like, it should absolutely be something that's like not allowed to be done. It's always a, a crime. Um, anywhere everywhere to in in a way get ahead of this being a problem i don't think you can do that it's, not, it's impossible first of all hollywood needs to do it like you know once the technology is available sure. it's like almost like we have it's, it'd be like outlawing photoshop it'd be like yeah you, what do you you can't do that and it's necessary for the creative industry yeah and so I like mean, yeah ho- that's how they put princess leia in rogue one and that's exactly. how they you know took a mustache or they, they put a mustache on they took, took a, a mustache, mustache off, off of superman of superman that's yeah right. i mean this is essentially the evolution of even the motion capture that peter jackson and weta mm-hmm. were using for um lord of the rings yeah. it's just now you don't need motion spots anymore mm-hmm. you can just take someone's face i mean then again like a little bit further down the line in hollywood you might not even need actors anymore because if you can just you know let's say uh harrison ford dies well we've got a great motion capture of his face like we can just have harrison ford do anything we, we want put forever gene, put gene kelly in a movie now yeah 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 so i mean our, so our friends at corridor digital yeah. um they have fun with deep fakes all the time on their youtube yeah. channel and it's entertainment too so Agreed. And, and I throw that out there kind of knowing that that's the answer. You can't outlaw it. I mean, yeah. just think about the face swap apps yeah. or, or things yeah. that are on apps that yeah. people are constantly using. You can't outlaw that. Right, right. But I think, you could, I think you could regulate it, though. I think you could say, like, it's – I think you could make some of the parts of it illegal. I think you could say, like, it's illegal to do a deep fake of a state official. Sure. Um, I think that would be fair. Sort of like you can't go throw on a police uniform and walk exactly. out in public. Exactly. It could, yeah, it could be a form of impersonating mm-hmm. a government official. Well, I believe, and I could be wrong here. I'll need to fact check this, uh, which I'm not going to do right now. So if you're listening, you'll want to fact check this. <laughs> um, I, I want to say that Texas is the first state to try to pass a law. They did it this summer hmm. to uh, outlaw certain deep fakes. And the reason why it's become sort of a legal battle is because on one end. I think the whole idea is you can't deep fake someone if it's going to defame them in any way, shape, or form, whether it's a public official or not. Mm-hmm. If it's going to in some way defame them or be slanderous and misrepresent who they are, then it's a crime. Um, but then you have people on the other end coming out and saying, well, that is a violation of freedom of speech. That if somebody wants to you know, express a view from you know, mm-hmm. this person's identity, <laughs> then they should have the freedom to do so, which I find a difficult... It's a gray area, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just I, now that now that I'm saying that, like I'm almost wondering if like we're just being a little too cautious because think about like any you can see you, it wouldn't be weird at all to see a photoshopped image of the president doing something crazy like riding a bull with no shirt on, like wearing a cape and like Putin riding a horse. Yeah, with yeah, no shirt exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of them riding together off in the sunset, like <laughs> that kind of stuff is like totally normal. You see it all the yeah. time, and you're not like wait. The president actually did that? 
our senses have just been like. I think that falls into parody. Like, I think what it's got, there's got to be some, like, it, it's got to be worded per- correctly. Because, like, that falls into, like, parody. And, and it's, there is, like, any semi-intelligent person would be able to watch that and, or look at that photo and be like, oh, yeah, I see what they're getting at here. Well, I think it's when it ever gets, it's into seriousness. Right. It, it should count. Like, if somebody put up a video of Donald Trump saying, we have the best nukes, we're going to use the best nukes in the worst countries now. Like, then you'd be like, well, that's, he's making a claim that he's about to go nuke somebody. We, we shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah, but. Like, it could, if it, if it could start a war. Like, well, it's only going to be taken seriously, though, if it's, like, from his account. So it's just equated to, like, a photoshopped image. What if there's a picture of him uh, shaking hands, it's photoshopped, of him shaking hands with someone who he shouldn't be shaking hands with. And that is put out by somebody's random Twitter account versus put out by his own Twitter account. Well, they don't regulate that because he does Photoshop stuff and put it out. Like, there's <laughs> proof true. that yeah. he's He does that all the time. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, even if it looks amazing, best Photoshops ever, I've seen some incredible Photoshops. Yeah. And, like, I don't always, I don't trust it if it seems, oh, yeah. you know. So it's like, we've just learned. You take that back to the 60s and somebody be like, I see a picture. That must be real. Sure. Right. So it's the same thing, I think, with, with the deep moon landing one. And <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. tough. I mean, it's <clears throat> we live in such a like read the headline and post the article without reading the article society that there are some, there are still even though like it might not be like a nuke is going to get launched risk. Like I agree with you, Jeff. Like there could be serious ramifications for something like an election because it mm-hmm. could spin out of control so fast, mm-hmm. right. and and w- w- it doesn't matter. The damage is done. Sure. Yeah. I think that that danger is already in existence with Photoshop. Like yeah. sure. Again, to one exactly. dead horse. Or like, hackers hacking into someone's Twitter account. That's the danger. See, yeah. I'm, th- I'm saying that's where the... it comes from matters. Like if you make a convincing deepfake and throw it up, or a convincing Photoshop and throw it up from a trusted source that's sure. just been hacked sure that's where you're gonna do some damage yeah. that's real that's real bad yeah yeah so i think it does matter to have trusted sources as long as we keep you know as long as journalism doesn't totally just go down the tubes and you know yeah so i think at the end of the day uh it's a probably a problem that we need to make sure we see on top of but we're probably gonna be okay yeah yeah we'll be all right okay I'm glad we talked about this, good. guys. I feel better. Feel yeah. feel feel good. We're not all gonna die yet. Yeah. It's just gonna be scary for the next few years, and we have to we're gonna have to just be on edge. Yeah. Once they deep fake real life, mm. like when they build AI, like when you like have when a deep fake mask. Yeah, when you mm. have a deep fake deep fake mask, like and a robot can wear it. Yeah. We're, see, we're getting back into scary land. Let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> hey, do you guys want to go watch some Bill Hader deep fakes? Yeah, let's do it. All right, well, this has been the Randomonium Podcast, soon to be retitled. Coming soon. So if, if it changes in your little app that you use for a podcast and you're like, what is this podcast? Yeah. Just check it out. It's probably us. That's right. It's probably us. Yeah. We're the same old guys. We've just been deep picked. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. See you guys next time. I'm John Stom. I'm Danny Gula. I'm Jeff McCullough. Peace.